BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Content warning, we will be discussing various forms of child abuse in the home. Someplace underneath. Did you say you make your stroller yourself? I would be like, I'll make that myself. Um, Save $2,000. Out of what? A basket and a skateboard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Somebody called CPS on me. (laughs) You just push it on a skateboard down the street and chase after it. It's like a big stick. Just poke it. <laughs> I can't believe we don't have kids, Amber. Yeah, you're such a good mom. Really good at it. Welcome to Liz underneath the Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Um, ain't no I, way I'm paying two thousand dollars for a store. I will get a basket, put that kid in there, and poke it with a stick on a skateboard right down that street. <laughs> oh, you do run it like um that old timey game they used to have where you would put the hoop and you'd run it the stick through the hoop. Oh, right. The big circle. Back when people were so poor, they were like, let's play the circle game. Or like with a can. Yeah, yeah. you do that, but with your baby. Right. Yeah. I think it'd give it personality, you know? <laughs> I'd say that baby's got a real personality of mine. <laughs> fear? Just constant fear? Yeah. Actually, maybe it would make them like a professional skateboarder. Probably. You know? We're talking about... <laughs> Some kids right now, because we're going to be talking about some more kids on this episode. Neither of us are parents, but I'd make such a great mother. Me and my little homemade stroller telling kids to suck up. Suck I mean, it up. You could probably become one of these women because they like to home make everything on their social media platforms. I looked at some of these and like if you want to be a mo- like a vlogger who's a mom, go for it. You do you, babe. But like putting your kids in there. It's weird. I don't like it. Get them out of here. Yes. And, and like we tend to think like, oh, the world's great. They're just like us. But some people are bad. Yeah. And yes, that's the case. But also on top of that, if you peer into the microscope of these accounts, some of the parents themselves are kind of bad people. Yikes. I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not saying it like I don't like them. Their dresses are gross and I don't like prairie <laughs> dresses. It's not that. It's Really what we are going to be talking about through this series, which is something that I'm calling parasocial exploitation. I don't know if that's ever been said, but you made it up. What does parasocial mean? I've had to look up a lot of words this week. Espionage was one of them. Nice. Yes. Always learning. I know. Always be learning. That's when you collect information for the bad boys. It's true. But what does parasocial mean? So parasocial is a relatively new term. So the textbook definition is it refers to a kind of psychological relationship experienced by an audience in their mediated encounters with performers in the mass media, particularly on television and online platforms. So So it feels like you're a part of the experience? Yes. Like a fly on the wall, you're there? But not a fly on the wall, a friend or family member of these people. Oh, So that's always been sort of, I think, existent in this star celebrity to, you know, fan personality relationship. I think that's always existed because, you know, when you're a kid and you have a crush on a boy on a show, you know everything about the boy, right? Boy is never going to know you as much as I dreamed of it. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I thought we were going to meet. Oh, I loved some JTT. He was going to be my husband. He didn't know it. 
I know. He's vegan though. So I don't I don't I think you it wouldn't have worked out for you, Amber. I don't know about that. I gotta get some chicken enchiladas later, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's for the best. But yeah, when you're a kid, especially, and you have that sort of fake relationship, they don't know you. So that's always existed in that way. That that dynamic. But with the movement of social media, it's gone to another level, as I'm sure most of you are aware. I'm sure, Amber, you're aware of this, that as podcasters, we are talking to people in their ears. I listen to podcasts and feel like I know some of those people, too, the ones that I like listen to all the time. Right. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be if the person in the position of being the The entertainer, the speaker, kind of utilizes that relationship to manipulate. Their oh. audience. So if you're listening to this, you're a cool person. That, I see you. Right. And I mean, none of you are cool people. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, you guys are so cool. fucking cool. You're so cool. And you're my family. And I just want to tell you <laughs> that I could not get through the day without you. And I think about you all day. And you're my friends and my family, my lovers. And thank you for just like being in this friendship with me. Absolutely. I see you. You being a parasocial, was that being paranormal parasocial? I guess so. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in your head. Oh, I'm in your head. What? I'm crazy, Natalie. I've had four cups of coffee today. <laughs> I guess you could do subliminal messaging if you were in that situation, right, which would right. be scary. But it is the sort of the manipulation of telling people that they are a part of your community when it's not a community. It's an entertainer and a listener or an audience member, a viewer. Right. And that could be kind of bad for an entertainer to do that because, A, you need your privacy time to go fill the well so you can come back and entertain. Sure. And B, I don't it, know. like It's, a, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. You're manipulating people. That's the word. Thank you. So that has become an entire genre, essentially, of entertainment in our modern society. And parasocial relationships are becoming a bit of a problem. However, there's another added layer. This research on this series has made me want to shower with lie because of how gross and weird I feel from doing all this research. Yeah. Thank you, Natalie. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) I like the entertainments back in the day where it's like, they're a really good singer. They're a really good tap dancer. And Mm -hmm. that's why you watch them. And then something with reality TV and YouTube. I don't want to watch somebody making dinner, talking to me about their dreams. See, and you are a much better person than me because there are elements of it that I really get into. Some not so much as 10, 15 years ago, but... I like watching YouTube, but I like more so watching experts talk about something in their field, not really watching somebody's like personal lives Mm -hmm. or I like watching comedians. I'm not into like follow me on my day kind of content. And I think some of that's harmless, but some of it's not, in my opinion. I really wanted to talk about the damage parasocial relationships have on children. And I don't mean in the sense that Oh, kids who are watching JoJo Siwa are going to get upset because she doesn't actually know them and doesn't want them at her house. I don't mean in that way. This issue, it's a many-legged beast. And the reason we're talking about it here on Spun is that people who should be taking some of this seriously don't seem to be. However, there are a lot of people taking notice of what we're going to talk about today. Even entire countries are starting to regulate what we're going to be talking about. Oh. France included, and we'll get back to that. France don't like looking at this reality stuff. They like smoking cigarettes and killing their leaders. I mean, (laughs) it's the best pastime a country could ever have. That's right. So we'll get back into what that is about. But basically, there's going to be a long road out of this hell. And I think it's really important that we have this discussion on this show because these, if anything, are children missing in plain sight. If nothing else, if awareness of this, if you have kids, if you plan on having kids, or you yourself listening are currently a kid, it's good to hear these things, I think. Yeah, so, what's like not normal. Like I saw one right. where the mother was like, we're taking away your bed for seven months. I already know who you're talking that about. That is not normal. That is child abuse. And we're just watching it like, la, la, la. Okay, what's next? I guess a cooking video. I'm like that. Whoa, whoa, wow, wow. R- sirens. Yeah. And we'll talk about that lady. I know exactly what She's you're talking about. crazy. Yeah. That's a whole genre of this that's 
I find very disturbing, but we'll get back to that. So this is a subject we touched on in several series already, and I highly doubt it'll be the last time. Again, this is another missing in plain sight scenario. People in this series will be including teenagers and vulnerable adults, but most often children who are being exploited by the people that they trust the most or are supposed to trust the most. And some of it is 100% legal for the time being, at least. All right, because these streaming services and YouTube, they don't really have contracts or laws. They really don't. They really right. don't, Amber. And if you don't have any bodily autonomy, which is what these kids are doing, they don't know what's right and wrong. They're, it's essentially missing because yes. their brain is off somewhere else. And they're not nobody's protecting them and that's why i consider them missing from this from from safety from protection from being exploited in front of us so okay pretty sure most of us here are familiar with both social media and reality tv and if not are you okay <laughs> how did you even find this podcast <laughs> If you have any tips on how I unlearn what social media is, I'm willing to listen. I was thinking the other day about New York City back in the day before there was social media. There was some Facebook and like Instagram was popping off a little bit. I wasn't on it. Oh, my life was so much better. Yeah. Just like dancing to MGMT and like wearing wigs. Like who gave a shit? <laughs> wow, that is such a timestamp right there. I can just take myself exactly to where you're talking about. I loved it. I would wear the craziest clothes in New York City because I was like getting bodily autonomy for the first time yeah. away from the South. And I was like, oh, I can do what I want. Yeah. So I wore like a T-shirt that said younger than Jesus. It was a crop top. And I was yeah. like, what? I'm under 30. I was like 22. And I had these like low rise skinny jeans with leopard print. And then to top it off, a captain's hat, like a captain, <laughs> like a fight flight attendant hat. I don't know, Amber. I feel like that's an outfit I would still wear right now. So. <laughs> and like gold hoop earrings. I kind of want a shirt that says younger than Jesus. It's a pretty hot shirt. Yeah. No one gave a shit. No one took a picture of me. Just be like, what? Uh, 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 uh. What? <laughs> I'm unapologetically Amber. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's too late. Now. Take me it's back. It's too late, Amber. No, don't take a picture of me. Take me back to the times. Nope. You never listen to MGMT again. Fuck. Speaking of having no social media, I thought that band was called Management for a long time because <laughs> you didn't have it was between there was no MTV, but also no like constant stream of social media so i just had to figure out what that meant just figured out like map quest mm -hmm. like what we had to do back the print out directions oh i'm on a it. piece of paper i miss it miss map quest <laughs> and then just like take the subway like a pirate <laughs> following a little map yeah so i don't really need to take a long time going through you know the whole i bet you're wondering how we got here fuckery of the history of social media because you probably know most of it i think we can all agree that it is tom's fault and only Tom's fault. And if you don't get that reference, you might be a Gen Zer. Oh, shit. I've seen Tom on dating apps, and I swipe right. I'd like to go on a date with Tom. Tom from MySpace? Yeah, I've seen him on Hinge. That's not really him, is it? I mean, it's he says he is, and no one ever lies on dating <laughs> apps, Natalie. No. Wow. That would be fascinating if that was actually him. I know. He's like, hey, it's me. It's actually me. But he doesn't swipe right on me. Fuck him. Not only did he create MySpace, but he's not even going to get some of this beautiful body. The younger than me. Jesus girl. Come on. <laughs> you might be a Gen Zer. And if you don't get that reference, you might be a younger millennial. Somebody <laughs> fucking help me off of this cross. Anyway, the first branch of horror that I want to delve into is family vlogging. If you've listened to this show for a minute, you might know that I have a deep fascination with it. Not the kids and the lifestyle so much, but the parents who do these channels are an endless source of fascination for me. While mommy and family vlogging has been around for a bit now, I think it has, you know, a lot of roots in the reality TV consumption that we did in the 2000s, particularly with channels like The Learning Channel. I learned jack shit on that channel. No, they didn't teach very much. Except how to exploit your kids, apparently. We'll get into that. In our first season of Spun, we go more into depth on one of my white whales, the Duggar family, who preceded the modern day family vlog, but used the same general formula, which is exploit your children's very existence in exchange for cash and prizes. Ugh. I mean, this like family vlogging is also bad for the people watching it because like. 
I have a happy life. I like my life. I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. And then I look at some of these family bloggings and I'm just like, oh, I guess I should have a big house and a husband and kids. Like, what's wrong with me? And you know what? Nothing's wrong with me. And honestly, they like exploit their kids. They probably come from a wealthy family. Also, a lot of it's not real. And a lot of it's just not real. It's um, like Instagram correct. models, and you're just like, oh, I guess I got to get a filter. They, they use filters in plastic surgery. Sure. And he's like, why don't I look like that? It's None of it's real. A lot of it's not. Kids out there, a lot of it's not. And, you know, I'm guilty as charged being obsessed with the Duggars when they first came out. I didn't understand the gravity of what I was watching at the time, but I was also hooked on John and Kate Plus 8. I don't know how many watched them for this reason, but as I've said before, I didn't watch them because I, I dreamed of their lives in that way. But instead, it was like watching aliens, you know, and their habitats or like, you know, watching some exotic animal in a zoo whose life is so different that I'm just like captivated by it. When these shows were first airing, I didn't have any concept of the crafting that went on, of the manipulations that the kids had to endure every day. In my mind, as is the case for so many people at the time, it was simply a, quote, documentary, one that was silently following a family in their natural habitat. Nowadays, I would consider even that kind of wrong, but it wasn't just that. I like to bring the Duggars up a lot and use them as reference because it embodies the darkest timeline for pretending everything's chill and like, recording your children's everyday lives. You get a Josh Duggar. So, again... You know, go listen to that series if you want a more in-depth breakdown of that family. But they are the model for a lot of other families. So a bunch of them follow suit. Once networks realized they could film these families for next to no money, frame it as a documentary, and then rake in huge ad revenue, yeah. like, of course, they're fucking sign me up, bitch. Yeah, a lot of these reality shows, I've done them before, and you get paid, like, no money, like a couple hundred bucks, which is good money, but like not really for your they're making a lot. Of they're money. making a lot. It's not a good percentage of how much money they're receiving. No, a lot of these like even streaming services, they don't pay you a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just not the same as it used to be with entertainment. Yeah, it's more tricky now. There's more elements to it, but it's an entirely different beast, in my opinion, if you are not doing it for yourself, but you're forcing your dependence. Yeah. Because they're not dependent on you. You're actually dependent on them in that situation. So you tell it, Natalie. Oh, I will. <laughs> Nobody cares. But anyway, so, yeah, these networks are like, fuck, yeah, cash cow, let's go. But what is the actual cost of that? These shows often come with some pretty severe victimization. And we as the viewer are just watching that happen. And we are supposed to assume that the people in charge, the producers and the parents, are being protective and making sure everybody's taken care of. But holy shit, is that ever inaccurate? No, they don't care if those kids don't eat. So you're telling me the toddlers and tiaras, the creators of that show, don't have the children's best interest in mind? Yes, I am. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> And that show is so creepy. When you like put makeup on that little girl, let her be a little girl. Yeah, I mean, to me, child pageants in general are so gross. But then if you put it on a stage of millions of viewers, whole nother level. Yeah. And especially if a man is watching it, get him out of here with fucking cow tasers. I mean, you think there's one man watching? Because there is a lot of men watching it. Yeah. And I mean, these parents were putting their kids in lingerie on stage, dressing them up like prostitutes. That is sick. I, I'm saying literally prostitutes as in one of them was dressed like Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman as one of her costumes on the show. No. Yeah. I'm so glad I had like a childhood where I was a tomboy and like kind of ugly and then just ran around and would just tell boys that they're stupid and gross. <laughs> I mean, I was in ballet and I love and loved as a child being in costumes. I love dressing up. I loved the makeup. But I was never sexualized. No. My costumes were little kid. I mean, I was like child. I was dressed in child costumes. Yeah, you like never... a bumblebee or something. Yeah. I was my first was The Little Mermaid was Aww. the first ballet I was ever in. I was a fucking mermaid in it. But not a sexy one. No. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So, you know, I think that kids are, you know, they love to perform. It's not that that is inherently evil. It's that these kind of shows are exploiting the fact that a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable and weirded out by these little girls wearing adult clothes that are often sexy, who are like five. And also the, oh God, I just don't, it's hate watching the mothers too, who are, you know, you could, you could argue that they are abusing their children yeah. um, on those shows. So they're definitely not concerned with their child's mental and physical safety. I will tell you that much. Can't believe I can't trust a pageant mom. Can't trust anyone. <laughs> so, alas, most of you will remember such shows as 19 Kids and Counting, John and K Plus 8, Toddlers and Tierras, like I just mentioned. But how about Little People, Big World, Sister Wives, My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, Breaking Amish, Duck Dynasty, Chris Lee Knows Best, Bringing Up Bates, Welcome to Platteville, El Daughtered, The Willis Family, Cheer Perfection, Dance Moms, My Super Sweet 16, or Teen Mom. Wow, Natalie, you know all those shows. This is a tiny, teeny little fraction of, of these reality family-based shows that were, were to come out in the, in the past 20 years. And all of those shows that I just mentioned revolve around the private lives of minors. Yikes. I mean, I could see how some of this could be good. Like, Little People, Big World. I remember seeing some clips of that. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting to see a totally different life. And, like, this is normalized as well as it should and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, that opened my eyes to things. But when sure. you start getting kids in there. Also, it's not. The problem is also on these kind of shows, and we only kind of really understand this in retrospect, that a lot of the production companies did not have their best interests in, in mind. No. So many of those shows that I just mentioned have dark crimes attached to them. Guess how many of them that I just named involved sexual abuse of a child? I hope none of them. I counted at least six off the top of my head, one of them being Little People, Big World. Oh, no. There may be many more in that group. I guess what happens is like you got to make the next biggest hot thing. So you do one thing and then people like it. And then we're like, okay, next. It's got to be bigger. It's got to be more, more lipstick, more kids, you know? I mean, definitely. Let's um, make 20 kids and counting. 20, 30 kids and counting. Yeah. Big, big families are a huge draw. I mean, I was one. I was one of them in the early 2000s. I didn't understand the gravity of it at the time, but it was fascinating to me because I thought they were fucking freaks. Yeah. Anyway, so who's in charge here and why is there so much bad stuff going on? There's some one pedophile in Hollywood. <laughs> Just the one pedophile, did you say? I was in the one pedophile in Hollywood. <laughs> um, That's not funny because it is a huge problem. (laughs) Well, with all these shows and more, the typical TV production company is behind them. However, unlike on a scripted show, the production crew gets to hide behind the impetus of the intention of being a documentary. That is that the crew is simply observing. Like how I mentioned how I viewed the Duggars in the early 2000s. We now know that hasn't actually ever works on reality shows because most of the shows are driven by conflict There are many instances that are forced or faked on these shows. Even a show like 19 Kids and Counting, where a full episode might show the family getting dinner ready, um, has its own pressures, such as never showing any sort of discord, making it seem like everything's all leave it to beaver and shit. All the while, their eldest son is off doing corporal punishment because he molested his sisters. Ugh, gross and weird. I knew a girl who worked in reality TV as like a production person. Mm-hmm. And um, she would just be like, okay, there's not enough drama. We got to create it. Yeah. So then would like intentionally stir the pot with the actors. Right. And that's one thing. And there's the arguments you can make for it if it's an adult show. But it's one thing if it's an adult show. It's another if you're putting kids in this mix. Now they don't understand what's real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever the angle of the show, be it any reality show, it's decidedly not organic because if it was, people probably wouldn't want to watch it. I think that there's a calming energy to seeing regular lives play out in like a sitcom formula. I think it makes a lot of people seem less 
like they're out, everything's out of control, seems less chaotic, and we can pretend that humans have some semblance of control over nature as we hurtle through an endless black void. <laughs> I mean, I could see, like, what if you come from a family that's, like, yelling at each other all the time, and then now you want to go watch the show because you're like, oh, it's so nice. Well, there is a lot of that, and people have spoken about that a lot on their own social medias about how, like, certain shows make them feel like parents care or parents love them. Yeah. But... Even when there's shows that have these big problems, they kind of resolve them on the show, which I think also helps people like deal with things that are not good in their lives. And I think it goes, oh, look, they can fix things. It's fine. It's okay. I'm okay. And maybe that's not a terrible thing sometimes. However, once the network saw this formula was like crushing the ratings, the shows progressively got more invasive. Like you just said, Amber. Under the guise of documentary, networks aren't required to work under child labor laws, nor are the children on these shows protected under SAG after rules. Ooh, and like kids, they're not. I was watching this child actor before there was SAG after rules. Mm -hmm. So like back in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. And um, the director wanted to get tears, real tears out of this boy. So they gave him a puppy. Then they took the puppy away and they went backstage and they heard a gunshot and they were like, they just killed your puppy. Roll. And he was like, Whoa! he started crying. And then they gave him the dog back after the scene. That is people will emotionally manipulate children for the tears or whatever they need. That sounds like somebody being interrogated for war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, so I just yeah, I wouldn't put it past like the people that work in some sort of Hollywood business to just fuck a kid's life up. Totally. And because there are still problems there and still people who want to get whatever they can out of the kids and there are still predators in the film industry, many of them being the child's actual parents, there have been restrictions set up based on the abuse child actors faced early on in television. There are set hours that children can work per day, for example. There are school requirements Believe me, it's still creepy, incredibly creepy seeing how high-end child actors are treated on a set. Like, even now, even on the biggest shoots, it's still very uncomfortable. I, I've been on sets with child actors who they're corralled by a bunch of adults, which is like, okay, that's kind of good, except a lot of them are acting coaches. A lot of them are like these weird people who I watched. I remember on one set, two of them were cornering this child because he needed to be upset in the scene and were like talking real close to his face. And you could tell like the child wasn't loving this happening, no. but the child then went to the scene and was very scared, but just had these two adults like in their face. What do you um, think they said to him? I don't know, but I was watching from far away and they had corn. I mean, he was literally cornered. That's terrifying. Yeah. I hope they got the scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. In that movie, what a life altering movie it really was. It was a Jennifer Aniston movie I worked on like 12 years ago. <laughs> It's just it really changed the shape of society. It takes me out of stuff. Like I was watching some movie recently and this little girl started crying when the woman went away into the woods. I forget what movie it was, but like her mother walks into the woods and this little girl starts crying. And the way the girl was crying, I was like, that's real. Whatever they did, this little girl like this is like she's not acting. This is some real emotional trauma. And I was like, I can't watch the rest of this movie. Like it took me out of it. Yeah. Well, that's nice. You don't like watching little kids cry. No, I don't like watching children cry. Well, you're never going to make it as a YouTuber, I guess, uh, with the family channel. So there are boundaries now that even parents can't cross, including spending all of their children's money. The Coogan Law was enacted in 1939 and has been rewritten multiple times since. All the rewrites, like basically trying to get around loopholes for greedy parents who want to blow through all of their kids' money. Oh, yeah. They'll find a way. They want to make the money. They'll do it. Which is why the law was enacted in the first place. It was named after child actor Jackie Coogan, who famously starred in the movie The Kid with Charlie Chaplin. I think that was the kid where they took the puppy away and they pretend to shoot it. That might very well be. He was basically considered the first child star of film. And his parents, I believe it was his stepfather and his mother, squandered everything that he made. Right. So and he sued them. Good. Yeah. Did um, he win? 
Yeah, no, he that's what the law got put into place because of what he went through. And he eventually got the last laugh because he got this law and then he went on to play the original Uncle Fester on the Adams family. Oh, thank God. I think he was also molested by an older actress. I, I mean, they usually are. They usually are. I forget the actress's name, but I liked her and then he would like spend the night with her. And I'm like, why is this kid spending the night with this lady? That's uh weird. Yep. It's real weird. Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way. Ain't no way. But he had his lemonade moment, okay? He became Uncle Fester, and so good, he wins. Good for him. So, you know, these rules in the the acting world are not perfect, and they continue to be shaped, but they exist for a reason. Reality TV is not beholden to any of these rules. And if you think basic human decency would keep them them rules in place, you'd be very incorrect. No. I've talked about this before, but I worked on a reality show doing set and costume work mm. because, yes, a reality show has all those departments because it's fake. Yeah. Not only are the subjects, a.k.a. actors, treated poorly, the production crew is expected to work near slave labor. There is no cap on hours for adults or children in, you know, you get paid a flat rate. Usually my stint on this specific show, there usually wasn't even a lunch break and it'd be like 14 hour Ooh. for a flat rate that was not good. I can't do that. I'm a little bitch if I don't eat lunch. I'm already thinking about this chicken enchiladas. So. Well, it's not it's not OK. No, I mean, on top of that, there wasn't any safety considerations. And I'm using this as an example, because even though this show was more young adult faced, I know this happens on reality shows with kids, too. Like at this point, I was already working in stunts and they certainly didn't have any sort of presence for their super dangerous scenes they'd create. And for example, one scene I had helped build the set, it was supposed to look like a car collision. So I was present on set when they were shooting. And at one point to make the drama ramp up, they literally handed an actor a loaded rifle <gasps> and instructed him to start shooting it at the car in the what? scene. I can't even begin to tell you everything that's insane about that scenario. And I interjected. I inserted myself there because we had not made sure the car was safe. This guy, we didn't know how much rifle training he had. There were people all around the set just standing around. They didn't clear it for him to shoot at a car. That's I mean, wow. Just give this man a gun. So I inserted myself into it and, you know, they acted like they were like, oh, we really are glad you're saying this. Thank you for holding us accountable. And they did not. They were not happy that I did that. No, they're mad. No. That's like that time I was at this bodega and I was like, sir, I found this like rotten piece of jerky. And I was like, you shouldn't be selling this. It's like rotten. And he's like, OK. And I saw him put it right back on the shelf. That's not just like it, but you know what I mean? Like he would have sold it or they would have still done the gun I mean, it's thing. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. No, they, I think it ended up, they whisked me away from that set and I'm certain they finished shooting. Let's get the woman off the set and then do the gun scene anyway. Probably. Get deranged woman off set. They didn't love me on that set because they wanted team players, which means they could use people however they wanted, which I was not willing to be in that environment. No. Hollywood is crazy. I did a set where they were like, okay, use know how to use a whip. Go on the YouTube and like figure out how to use a whip. Because <laughs> oh I played this like I was playing a BDSM Nazi. I don't know where this video is, but there wow. was like, I was playing a BDSM Nazi and they were like, go use this whip. And they put me in the whole gear and I was like, okay. And then this man got naked in the room and they were like, all right, so you're going to fake whip him. And he was like, you can whip me. It's cool. And I was like, what? I'm not going to do that. And I whipped a, like I, I trained myself and I did whip in the air, like right by his head. I Jesus didn't get him. Christ. I don't know where this video is. It's not a porn. It was a real whip. Yes. Real whip. A real naked man. I saw his dick and everything. I mean, you could really hurt somebody. With I, that. You really can. You Jesus. Really can. Well, I'm glad you didn't like you didn't blind him or anything. Did you? No, I, I did it right. I did my job. Good I job. got paid $200. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> it really is all of these kind of shows. $200 seems to be the general amount of payment they're willing to give people. That's about it. But I needed that money at oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Believe yeah. me, I also needed it when I did these kind of jobs. Anywho, this is all to say that reality TV is pretty much pirate waters. At least on reality TV, at the very least, there are many sets of eyes around, some of whom will be attached to annoying, interjecting, non-team players such as myself, who will at least be around to say, maybe this is crazy. So how do you get rid of those annoying ass people? <laughs> 
enter social media. Because though we've had this introduction on reality TV, that's not what I'm actually here to talk about on this series. No, no, no. What if all these exploitation issues exist, but you can put the child into a prison where they can't escape the set ever, where there is no reprieve, no time off, no safe haven, where they can make money for you every second of their lives? Ugh, there's nowhere to escape. And then they go to school and they get bullied because they're like, I saw you on the computer. <laughs> and those are the kids lucky enough who aren't being homeschooled because a lot of them are. So let me introduce you to the world of family vlogging. Some of you are undoubtedly familiar, but I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, I know this term. Isn't that the like photos of the you know perfectly crafted baby factory ladies who dress their kids up in matching outfits in front of shiplap? Well, yes, that's what it is. Um, but it's oh, so much more than that. And it goes sideways really quickly. What's a shiplap? Have you never watched Fixer Upper? Is that the one... Oh, all those like home makeover things, they usually do it, and I'm going to sound really negative, just really shit ass. Like they'll make like a mason jar and throw some twigs in it and be like, decorative. And I'm like, that's trash. Put it back outside. These pine cones on the table, get it out of here. Yeah. I mean, Chip and Jojo are their own little niche now, but because of their success, they've made like 65 photocopies of them and none of them are any good have the charm that they do i was watching um, this family vlogger thing and she was like i'm redoing the house and it was all like pale and white fine whatever but she was like uh the person in here they painted it pink and blue and orange and i was just like painted pink and blue and orange like that's way cooler than whatever fucking you're disgusting <laughs> yeah <laughs> they literally had pine cones on the table and i was just like this is fucking trash as much as i genuinely like genuinely like Chip and Jojo and I don't agree with everything that they think but they are like they're pretty good at what they do but they did start all of the worst trends like shiplap is one pergolas it was another thing What's that they pergola? it's another thing that you put outside without it's like kind of a half roof you don't need to worry about I gotta it. Look at it. Is that like, <laughs> is that like a live, laugh, love, or yes. eat? Yes, that shit. That's partly their fault. I love it when I go in a kitchen. I'm like, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do in here. Am I supposed to eat or live or laugh or love? We just did. Amber, remember we were just in that Airbnb with all the the women of LPN, and it was there was literally a sign in the kitchen that said "kitchen" in cursive. Just in case you were scared. Where am I? Wait. Uh, 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 and then you stuck your hand in like the garbage disposal because you <laughs> thought it was, you know. This isn't laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's partly their fault. But anyway, the essence of it is this cultivated, adorable family. I don't give a shit about them. I know a lot of people do. Right. We've already discussed one of the founding fathers of family vlogging, which is reality TV. But we also couldn't be where we are today without Janet Jackson's beautiful breasts. <gasps> Ooh, Janet Jackson, if you're nasty. So we're not actually going to put blame on something so precious as her breasts. But I'm, of course, referencing the advent of YouTube. YouTube was launched on Valentine's Day 2005. One of the founders has credited the Janet Jackson incident at the Super Bowl, if you'll recall, for inspiring YouTube's creation. Essentially, it was a clip what people wanted to watch over and over again, and there was no place to do it. Oh, right, because they edited it out on TV, but you could watch it on YouTube. But not yet. There wasn't anywhere to go watch. Like, if you missed it, you might have, I think TiVo existed then, but you couldn't, like, go rewatch the clip over and over Right. Again. Yes. And I remember those were back in the days where you had to, like, record your TV show. Y yes. Like, you had to, like, plan to, it was like a VCR inside of the right. TV. And Basically. I remember, like, I, like I had to run home because I had to go see TGIF. You know, I have oh, to yeah. go see. Love some TGIF. Right. It's at five o'clock on Friday. I have to watch, you know, if Family I Matters. Miss, if I miss dinosaurs, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to suffocate my little brother while he sleeps. <laughs> so we touch on all of this stuff in one of the series in season one. And that same series, which I, I'm kind of toying with, that series involves a girl who was found and I'm kind of like at the point where I think maybe we should pull it down because her name's on it and her pictures are there, but she's already been found and she's safe. So I kind of feel like we need to have a figure that out, maybe to take that little series down. But in that series, which is why we're bringing it up again, 
I mentioned that shaytards were considered. <laughs> yes, I know. Sorry, it sounds like a slur. It does, but it actually comes from the fact that the dad was obsessed with unitards. But yes, it's very. What's a unitard? What's a unitard? You're looking right at a ballet dancer. Oh, that's that thing that goes over your body. And it's you like can't a leotard, pee. but it's like full length. How do you pee? You just got to take it all you gotta off. You got to take it all the way off. I still love a unitard. Wow. Love a unitard. I love it. So he um, loves unitards. So he changed his name to Shaytard? Their YouTube channel is called this. Okay. Actually, they still exist. It's certainly one of the most famous first family vlogs after YouTube started a couple years in. So because at first YouTube was more like, oh, we can watch this thing from a TV show that happened over and over again. Right. Suddenly like, oh, we actually can have upload our own content. And Homestar oh, Runner. Remember that? No. What's that? Homestar Runner. It's some stupid dude on the internet, but it was fun. That was like early YouTube, also salad fingers. Oh, oh, like viral videos and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite was always shoes. <laughs> These shoes roll. Yeah, yeah. That one. That's a fun one. Or the grape lady. She's like, oh, 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 yeah. Oh. The grape lady was so good. This is just clean, good old fashioned fun. <sighs> I mean, there's still horrible shit on it, but <laughs> you remember, remember rotten.com? Yes, one of the first websites I looked up. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So, you know, we've always been monsters, but this is a whole new genre of horrible shit, which is family vlogging, making it look like it's a fun family event when you're actually making your children do all this shit. It's all scripted. It's gotten insidious. Like, it's like a beast that's grown entirely of itself. Yes. And one guess why that is? I don't, people are bad. It's a lot of money to be made. Mm. A lot of money. So the Shaytards are one of the first ones. Their scandals are relatively on the light side. As far as I know, it just involves some adult infidelity, which is the stuff we'll get into. God bless. Go God. cheat on your wife. It gets so much worse. This is due to the fact that parents realize that they could receive praise and money for simply being parents. In doing the research for this series, I was listening to a different series that was put out by a journalist who was fascinated by mommy vloggers, especially those cultivated pastel Mormon moms. If you're not aware, Mormon mothers make up a huge fraction of the mommy vloggers. It's part of a big Mormon community of Right. Shit. And I remember those are some of the ones I watched. And I was like, I guess I should get a house and a husband. But I'm yes. like, oh, they're probably come from a lot of money. Yeah. Which I don't. I'm out in the world by myself. They're also forced into like weird marriages. And yeah. You can't work and stuff. But it doesn't say that on their accounts. No, they're just like lovely and wonderful. Everything's like this. They just like sit at night and stare into a light bulb and like pull out their hair one by one. So this journalist who's doing the series is um, also a mother. She seems like a smart, educated. She's accomplished. She has books out. She seems even keeled. And yet this woman, this journalist, admired and even envied these mommy vloggers. And her series that she put out, who I'm not going to name her because I'm not trying to shame her at all, but it was centered around she was trying to shoot her shot at becoming a mommy vlogger, even though she was an accomplished journalist. Even though she was a single woman with no kids. Can I be a mommy vlogger? No, no she actually had kids. And I okay. Yeah, I would love. Oh, my God. Please be a mommy vlogger who has invisible children. Oh, my God. Like, that's Timmy. He's in the corner talking to himself again. Oh, my. Please. 
Sharon, you want a popsicle? Please, say please. And I just like throw the popsicle on the floor. And I was like, you keep dropping it. Please, please <laughs> do this. this crazy. I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch this. So when I was trying to listen to this other series, I was pretty off put and sort of shocked that this intelligent woman didn't see through this career path that she bought it so quickly. And the first few episodes were discussing how women aren't compensated for their hard work in the home, which is true. We've talked about that, that women who uh, even like stay-at-home moms, they do all this stuff for their husband while they're at work and they don't get any of the credit for it and they don't get paid for it. And that is very accurate. I agree with that. And she's positing on her series that She's viewing vlogging as a way for these women to be appreciated and compensated for being mothers. Oh, that's not entirely true, however. Oh, I like to try to hear counterpoints to my beliefs. So I wanted to continue to listen to the series. I wanted to hear what she had to say in defense. And it wasn't until the sixth episode of the series when she reached the realization that there are children being used here. And she seems almost like stunned by it. and feels really horrified. I'm the baddie. So I'm not saying this all to shame this woman, more to point out that it's really easy to fall into this trap of bliss and purity and perfection and serenity that they sell. Why would this be a problem for the kids? This woman who's an intelligent person, it didn't cross her mind. So it's not to say that she's dumb. It's that it's really easy for a smart person to just like go, oh, this, this fam looks so happy. That purity culture. I was thinking to myself this morning, like... Because I, you know, you get involved in it. I, I even fell for it. And then, you know, if I, I got to eat right. I got to exercise. I can't be thinking these bad thoughts or even touching these men. I've got to be pure. And then you sort of start to doubt yourself. You get anxious and like, oh, I smoked a cigarette. I'm a bad person. Yeah. But release these trappings of purity. Just make it into sex. Just, I'm naughty. I'm naughty. Just be the evil woman you want to be. I mean, yeah, it's okay. Great. Have a beer. Have a cigarette. Eat it's the not, hamburger. It doesn't even make you a bad person. It doesn't no, make you a bad person at all. Not at all. Release these trappings. And I'm so much happier. I actually lost weight. You know, yeah. it's like the things that I was like wanting to do. Yeah. It was the antithesis of how it worked out because I was so stressed out. Yeah, definitely. As far as food goes, to for sure, when I was really struggling i would yo-yo really up and down like bad and and i eat much more crap now than i used to back then but you're happy and you're healthy yeah i mean i'm in much better shape too release these trappings of purity i agree so this woman on the series she ends up having kind of a panic attack mid-series and she's kind of goes like i need to take a break i can't i have to think about what i'm what i'm doing here and so the whole series takes a left turn and it's like It's almost the process of removing this pink filter from all these photos and videos and revealing something so sinister. It's hard to wrap your head around it. That some people really, really don't care what's happening behind the scenes as long as the appearances are kept. And I'm not talking about the the consumers of this. I'm talking about the parents who are making this content, that they don't care what it's doing to their family as long as it looks a certain way. And facing forward. Oh, that's so scary. That's like that 1950s thing where they're like, oh, if it looks good, it must be good on the inside. Yes. And that's not true. And that's why they end up becoming like angry women that throw a tantrum at Costco. Yes. And why there are so many furious old men right now. Yeah. Also, I, I would be pissed, I guess, if I was forced to go to a war also. I'd probably be a piece of shit. Yeah. And so there are some of these parents who are making millions of dollars by Whoa. turning their children into trafficked baby dolls right in front of our eyes. And that might sound like I'm being dramatic, and I am, because it is dramatic. The situation is dramatic. When family vloggings first started to pop off, there wasn't a ton of money in it. So while there were still children being exploited at the beginning, some of whom, by the way, are coming forward as adults for the first time to talk about their experiences, and we'll talk more about that probably the next episode, There wasn't a real market for it, but there are the first wave of vlogged children are now becoming adults and they're talking about it. And they're like, I hated that. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. So the earliest vlogged and blogged children, now that they're coming forward, talk about even though there wasn't a monetization per se, their parents would receive gifts from their viewers. There would be little bits of money here and there or like a product that they would promote before it was like a big business. 
But it wasn't really until YouTube monetization started that selling your child's privacy really popped off. Ew, that's so bad. I mean, even if nothing quote unquote bad happened to them, just being filmed is bad itself. Because I saw some science experiment where a, a particle moved across the room a certain way. And then as soon as a camera was brought in, the particle knew it was being filmed and then changed its behavior. Mm. I forget the name of the experiment, but I mean, what are humans made of? They're just a bunch of these tiny particles. Yeah. You know when you're being watched, you know when you're being filmed. Yeah. In this series, we'll talk about some of the pitfalls of it, not just if you were attacked by a stranger, which some of them have had horrible interactions with strangers physically, but there's a lot of other stuff going on there, and including we'll get into some of these kids who the footage that their parents upload to the Internet has them saying, please don't film me. Ugh. Imagine what they're seeing that they cut out of the video. So one of the first notorious child abuse based accounts we mentioned on the season one series that I had just brought up is one called Daddy 05. It's not the first one. This one, the Daddy 05 just actually started in 2015. So it certainly wasn't the first, but it was one of the ones that got national attention. This channel is a good representation of this one branch of child exploitation they use, which is the family prank channel. <laughs> I did this video one time called Practical Pranks, where I would just show up to people's houses and start like raking their lawn. And they'd be like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm raking your lawn. <laughs> you got pranked. Got you, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I wish that they did that on these channels. No, but no, they no. don't. These pranks. Oh, I think I saw one where they like took the dog away from the girl or something. I mean, there's so many. They revolve around basically making their kids cry on camera and then going, it's a joke. And the kid going, what? Uh, and then they go, you fucking idiot. Basically. I'd be so emotionally stunted as an adult. Like anything that I would just be like a gray man, just be like, I react to no emotion. I don't think it's healthy most of the time for these kids. They're still growing up, so we're going to see the long-term results of this. But they basically humiliate their kids on a regular basis for likes and eventually money. So one of their kids was so traumatized when they had this channel going that they began acting out by smearing their feces on the wall around the house. <gasps> and the parents, being not smart, didn't see this as a stress reaction, but that the kid was bad. And so... They reacted by making this child stay home while they took the rest of their family to Disney World. They made it worse. Oh, yeah. No, you know, basically that's a real turn your kid into a healthy adult kind of reaction. That kid's going to be a serial killer. I mean, I mean it's definitely not going to make things better for Whoa, this kid. Oh, they filmed them smearing their feces on the wall. Well, no, they talked about oh, they it. They didn't show it on one of their vlogs. They talk about how bad the kid is by doing this and how the kid's not going to get to go to Disney World now. I'm embarrassed. Not, not recognizing this kid is obviously in a crisis. Oh my God, embarrassed, ashamed. I would, I would cry for days if that was me. It's one of those things you don't even know as a kid. It's such an organic reaction to, to trauma. Like, this kid probably doesn't even know why he's doing that, but they're just trying to mentally deal with all this stuff going on in their house. In Louisiana, there was this uh, preacher who was awful. He would just, he would scream about how women were bad and like you need to shut up. And you would talk about porn. And I was like, this guy obviously Ew. looks at porn. Yeah. And his daughter smeared shit in the church bathroom. Oh, I think yeah. he was molesting her, to I be honest. talking about her. It's does it sounds like he was doing something? That's that's definitely a like that's a trauma reaction. Kids don't do that, you know, normally. No. So yeah, with this specific lovely account, long story short, between 2015 when the channel started and 2017, they were being sued. They lost custody of at least some of their kids. They were forced off of YouTube, and yet this daddy, he can't stay away. So doing everything he can to get around the rules of being banned from YouTube, he's now made the older children start their own channel, which is not really. It's him, obviously. He is clearly manipulating it, but can't stay off of YouTube. You know, real normal stuff. It's a weird fucking guy. And I'm not here, by the way. This series is not necessarily here to call out specific channels, though we'll talk about some. It's more so the cultural phenomenon we're experiencing. And my assertion, again... As we discussed on American Child Brides, that a parent isn't always looking out for their best interests of their child. And somebody has to step in to do this, and that might include making laws. I know we don't like government overreach, but who's going to protect these kids if their parents 
are not fit to do so. And we have certain laws in place where if they do A, B, and C, the parents get, you know, the kids taken away. But there's so many of these other insidious things that are happening that are technically legal for now. And also when I was making this list, by the way, of the channels to discuss, it became so vast so quickly, it would be kind of pointless to try to like make an entire episode about each of them because it would just take forever. So I kind of want to look more so for these patterns and why they're so enticing to the viewers. And these family vloggers are only one leg of this parasocial exploitation that we're going to talk about. And, you know, Daddy of Fives channel isn't even one of the older ones, like I said, and there are so many more. Some have been pulled down and some miraculously have not. But these parents have not only been accused of humiliating their kids online, but drilling and punishing their kids if they don't do as they're told on camera. Family prank channels, by the way, are just so fucking weird to me. Like, yeah, what is a parent doing pranking their kid? That's crazy. Go make money so the kid can eat. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I just... I would have never been the target audience for this. I guess there is a big audience for family pranks, but I don't get it. Oh, they got that kid good. Yeah, that kid's crying. (laughs) This is entertainment. (laughs) It it makes me feel like they hate their children. That's like knee-jerk reaction I have when I see that. I think, you hate your children. Yeah. You resent them and you hate them and you want to hurt them. You know, you don't have to have kids. I know there's a huge societal pressure to have them, but I don't have them simply Mm -hmm. because... I don't think I'd be a good mom. You'd be trying to prank them all day. Hi, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know you wouldn't do that. But yes, I agree. I think some of these people should not have had fucking children. Also, stop doing pranks. The only people who are good at pranks are the jackass crew and the impractical jokers. And literally nobody else is. And it should be illegal except for them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like pranks. They're not fun. They're not fun and they're not funny to me. Like... Unless there's like a serious amount of self-flagellation, which is why I think jackass and impractical jokers are great at it. It's just being cruel and sadistic to somebody and going like, "You fuck you. Yeah. There's one I did like. It was a person on a bicycle or whatever down the street. And then the prank was a truck with all these other bicyclists in there. And then they would, you know, get off the truck really fast and then pretend like they're in a race. And then the person would win <laughs> and they'd put them on a box like on the first place and be like you did it like that's a fun prank i mean sure that's fine but just being like you shit yourself (laughs) like that's not a fun prank yeah like the daddy of five channel a lot of their most notorious ones were like the mom put invisible ink on the carpet and then started screaming and it said to the kid why did you do this and they started swearing at the kid and the kid's crying and he's like i didn't do this i didn't do this and like all this really horrible traumatic screaming from the parents and then they're like Psych, you dumbass. Ha ha ha, it's a joke. Isn't that hilarious? My face is just like utter shock. Yeah. Also, I think that there's that the TikTok world of 20-year-old guys who think they are jackass and they they what they do is just like destroy an entire aisle of a grocery store that like people being paid minimum wage have to clean up afterwards. It's so stupid. So funny. <laughs> so funny. There's one of this guy, he's a pretty famous YouTuber, but he was like, watch me prank my girlfriend. And he just destroyed her makeup kit. And it's exp- you could tell it's expensive makeup. And I'm like, this is funny how? And he's like, you don't get it. It's funny. <laughs> and he also says like women aren't funny. And I'm like, dude, is this projection? Because I'm laughing like I'm at a funeral. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's always good when you have to go, it's a joke. Yeah, it's a funny joke. I'm saying a funny thing. <laughs> you don't get it, it's a joke. Yeah. All right, great joke, dude. Maybe if you yell it at me more. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to cut off here because we're at an hour. We're going to get back into some more of these issues with family vlogging next episode. And also there will be some other elements of this parasocial exploitation that I think we should talk about. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with that. You can follow the show at someplace underneath. You follow me at The Natty Jean. Amber Smelson. And uh, stop pranking your kids, everybody. (laughs) Just stay saucy, pert, and greasy on your own. Love those babies. Prank your landlords. That's it. (laughs) Your landlord's probably a jerk. I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe they're not. Maybe she's not. Right. My landlord's pretty good. All right. Don't prank him. I don't know.
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brands Park American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.